this is Ed Goldman with the Goldman State Podcast. I have a very distinct memory of Amtrak's dining car, which the company's abolished. The dining car, not in my memory. Maybe Amtrak is hoping that local food trucks will fill the gap by meeting the trains at selected depots along their routes. Man, you haven't lived until you've bitten into an egg roll in Albuquerque on a 30-minute stop. Actually, I have two memories of the dining car, but the first is pretty vague and precedes the origin of the system now known as Amtrak, which was established by Congress in 1971, 13 years after my dad retired from the New York City Fire Department, and he and my mom decided to move our family of five to California. My dad was just 42 years old, my mom not quite 41. My brother Jerry was 18, my brother Stuart was almost 12, and I was a few months shy of turning eight. Back then, El Capitan was the popular train to take cross-country on the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway. Santa Fe, all the way, went the memorable jingle. I seem to recall that the animated character who sang it was the stereotype of a Native American boy, complete with making a woo-woo gesture in front of his mouth with his hand. We rode and slept for three days in our coach-class seats. A retired firefighter doesn't have the ways and means to afford a Pullman car or couchettes for his family. And frankly, at that age, I could fall asleep anywhere at any time, if told to. Still can, without anyone telling me to. I believe this is called aging. The trip was fairly monotonous. What they didn't tell you about going cross-country by train in those days, if they even do now, was that the tracks were usually situated in less desirable parts of the cities and towns through which you choo-chooed. As a result, instead of seeing the surprisingly modern architecture of downtown Dallas, for example, you saw the backyards and clotheslines of clapboard houses in the city's exurbs. These were interrupted by hours and hours of passing amber waves of grain, with nary a purple mountain's majesty in sight to disrupt the tedium. To a kid not quite eight years old, living an unintended documentary on farming in the U.S. can be akin to dropping into one of Dante's circles of hell. But I do remember that three times a day we got to shake off the shackles of ennui by going to the dining car, where you were seated at beautifully appointed tables of, wait for it, no more than four. This meant one of the Goldman party of five needed to take his meals elsewhere. My eldest brother, Jerry, always volunteered to vacate the mobile nest. He was 18, for heaven's sake. He was into being cool, 1950s style, pompadour, doo-wop music, chinos, penny loafers. He was the ginchiest and didn't want to be seen sitting with the New York Jewish version of a Norman Rockwell painting. The food on the dining car was plentiful, which was enough to make it seem great. I recall that you were served loads of carbs, pasta, bread, potatoes, and even dessert as part of every meal, including breakfast. I'm not kidding. I think the railroad knew that a torpid passenger was a happy one. My more vivid and recent memory of traveling, though, by rail and frequenting the dining car came when my daughter was about a year old, had just started walking, and her mother and I decided to reward her, ourselves, and the rest of the customers in the car by telling her not to walk or run around while we were in transit. We were traveling by Amtrak from California to the Midwest to introduce her to my wife's parents. It was a two-day, two-night pilgrimage, but I was older now. Life had made it possible for me to be able to afford a private room for the three of us on the train. And I discovered that cocktails could be brought there from the dining car. 
So as our little girl raced up and down the aisles of our car, my wife and I sipped our martinis and felt blessed to be watching our healthy, squealing-with-delight child frolicking just outside our door and those amber waves of grain rolling gently just outside our window. We longed for neither the purple mountains nor their majesty, just some decent olives. I'm Ed Goldman. My column, The Goldman State, comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can subscribe for free at goldmanstate.com. Thanks for listening.